Welcome in to another new podcast from the Association for Materials Protection and Performance. My name is Ben Dubose. I'm a staff writer with AMP Publications. And joining us today, we've got a couple of people from our AMP conferences team and exhibits, those being Leslie Martinez, manager of conferences, and David Briley, manager for global and specialty exhibits. Leslie, David, welcome to the podcast. I think a good place to start would be by letting each of you sort of explain your role within AMP and what you do specifically with it with regards to corrosion, because we're now inside of a month until annual conference. We did not get to have it in 2020 due to the pandemic. We will in 2021. That's what we're going to be discussing on this podcast. So I think a good place to start would be by letting each of you sort of just tell a little bit about yourselves to folks who may not be familiar with you and your role in putting this show together. Perfect. Thank you, Ben. Um, again, I am David Briley. I work um, at AMP within the exhibits department. I um, am the manager of specialty and global exhibits. And my main functions really focus on working within our area shows and any special one-off topical shows we have. Uh, might it be a demo day or any new products we try to release. And this year kind of worked out well because virtual was a new product for us. So um, I got to jump in and take the lead in logistics on that. So um, that is kind of the new thing we're dealing with today. And I'll go ahead and turn it over to Leslie. Great. Thanks, David. Uh, again, my name is Leslie Martinez, and I am the manager of conferences for AMP. Um, my primary role is to uh, I manage the programming and logistics for corrosion, as well as I've got a team of um, about three or four people that uh, help manage the area and topical events that we have internationally. And that's what we do. I think a good place to start, and for our audience, I think some of these questions can be answered by either Leslie or David. Leslie focuses more on the attendee experience. David looks more at the exhibitors. Some of these are going to have overlaps, so I'll let each of them jump in however they see fit. I think a good place to start off, though, is talking about what's different in 2021 relative to 2020, because a year ago, Folks in the corrosion industry are used to having the annual corrosion conference and expo. Last year, we didn't get to have it. Of course, it was scheduled in March in Houston. It was initially postponed. We ended up not doing it at all, even a virtual show. Whereas this year in 2021, we are moving forward starting April 19th and running through April 30th with a virtual version of the corrosion conference and expo. So I think a good place to launch the discussion What's different in 2021 that made you all comfortable with doing a virtual show this year? Great question to start off with. Um, so last year when um, it was a couple weeks before March and we decided to, the pandemic started to hit and we made the decision that we were going to postpone our conference into August to let uh, to try to let COVID die down so we mm-hmm. can get back to in-person meetings. But um that wasn't the case. That wasn't happening. So we had to make a decision at the beginning of summer whether we we're going to cancel the show or move forward with it being a virtual event um, within 2020. Um, we looked at um, our fall schedule um, with if we were to do a big conference, how would it impede our fall shows um, from our 
uh, committees and, and different areas out there. And we didn't want to step on those toes in case in-person was going to come back, mm -hmm. as well as we were getting feedback from customers out there that people were jumping into the virtual um, conference arena without having the full knowledge behind it, and some of the shows weren't as good as they should have been. Mm -hmm. So at that point, we decided to cancel Corrosion 2020 and um, and announce that Corrosion 21 would be a virtual conference, and we went ahead and started um, interviewing, looking at different uh, platform options and to make the best decision, and we feel like we have a pretty strong platform that's going to give a great uh, customer experience. So we're now inside of one month until Corrosion 2021. It launches April 19th. How's it looking? What are some of the numbers, the trends, the interest you're seeing from the industry? Where are we at now that we're in late March and inside of one month until the show? Yeah, so, you know, Ben, right now we have about 500 or so presentations and um, quite a few meetings. It's almost 300 hours of content wow. that individuals will have access to. We're at a little over 2,100 attendees, um, and we fully expect those numbers to grow. As we've seen over the last year with virtual, is that when we launch the event, we've got a lot of registrations, it kind of plateaus, and then right before, because mm -hmm. people don't have to book travel, they're like last minute, they're, um, they're registering. So we fully expect those numbers to jump in these next few weeks. It's been an exciting week for the exhibitors as well. We actually um, opened up the platform to all the exhibitors that have okay. uh, reserved a booth space. And um, right now we have 90 uh, confirmed exhibitors within the platform, and they have already started building out their booths. Um, so it's getting pretty exciting. I think this question will apply to both of you, but what are some of the common questions that you get when you hear from prospective attendees, exhibitors, what type of feedback have you gotten and how do you address any concerns that they have given that this is obviously the first time that's, that this event has gone on virtually? Yeah, that, you know, Ben, that's a really good question. Um, a lot of what I've been getting is, um, you know, can I watch these videos on demand? Um, you know, can I play them back after I watch them, you know, at, during the, the two weeks of the event? Absolutely. Um, you know, there's going to be instances where there may be two, maybe even three sessions that are going on concurrently. And unlike in person where you can only attend one with the virtual, you can watch one and then go back and replay the other um, the other sessions that you may have missed. And, and then leading into that, it's like, well, what if I have questions for the speaker for the one that I watch on demand? Great. You can still actually reach out to that speaker within the platform and ask them their ask them your questions. the The great thing about this platform is that it will send that speaker an email, letting them know that somebody has connected with them in the platform, and to log back in and connect with them and address any questions that they may have. Um, additionally, another exciting thing that I've started seeing lately are individuals that are currently registered for one of the complimentary registration types, like the exhibit hall pass or the standards committee member, and they want to upgrade to the full conference registration. Um, they can do that, um, and you can actually still do that all the way up until October 31st. Um, they just have to call, contact our first service department, either via email or phone number, and um, they'll, get them, they'll get them upgraded to the full conference registration. And that leads well into with a question with exhibitors um, we have is how are we going to drive attendees and uh, as Leslie mentioned, we have the free conference uh, 
exhibit hall passes so customers we've launched this week our exhibitor invites program so they'll be able to send out messages to their customers to invite them to the show and uh, we love when they do convert into a to attend the sessions and find that beneficial um, also you'll see out there we with this platform that we picked it's offering AI matchmaking where it's going to give you uh, recommendations for other attendees and companies that you want to go to so customers are asking how is that how that's going to work and uh, really basic answer is both the attendees and the exhibitors uh, get a questionnaire to fill out and once those questions once those answers get submitted in the system it works out the analytics and spits out recommendations based on uh, who they would who a new uh, attendee that they should uh, link up with and make a connection with. So normally Corrosion is roughly a five-day show. This year it's nearly two weeks. It takes place over two work weeks, April 19th to April 30th. What are the benefits there? What are the motivations to going to a longer show that again runs from April 19th to April 30th? Yes, so like you said, normally the show is over a week period when we actually made the decision based on one of our um, surveys we sent out to our um, confirmed exhibitors that were going to be participating in our in-person event in 2020, asking them how they saw their virtual show take place. And we asked them if they would rather uh, have a, a big one-week show mm -hmm. and get it done and stay in front of your computer within that from nine to four, or should we spread it out over two weeks and go from eight to two eight thirty to two to allow you to still do work and so we got a better response back on the two week to spread it out that way people could still attend the conference and uh, conduct business as normal one of the big advantages that i would think looking at this from afar and someone not within conferences or exhibits would be that for the international crowd, this is a lot easier for them since, number one, they don't have to travel internationally to get to the show, and then also they can sort of make this live in their own time zones. What type of feedback have you heard from the international crowd as far as what Corrosion 2021 could mean to them? You know, that is a really great question because across the board with our virtual events, we have seen an uptick in international attendees, and that is definitely the case for um, for corrosion, we're actually tracking about 10% higher in international okay. attendees currently registered. Um, for them, it's a matter of a lot of them for the in-person event, they're not able to attend, like you said, right. because of travel um, and time. You know, international attendees have to, you know, schedule a lot more time to attend in person. Um, but with this, it allows them, you know, to do it from the comfort of their office or their home uh, and. Like you said, with this platform, the great thing about it is that instead of it showing in central time zone, it the system will convert to their time zone so they see exactly what time those sessions are and they're not having to do mental gymnastics to mm -hmm. figure out, okay, if this is in central time zone, then this means it's, you know, what for me. So it automatically does that for them um, and they don't, they can make their schedule accordingly with that. David, this question is for you and it's, I'll admit, it's a bit of a layman's question, but I feel like a lot of people that are used to going to Corrosion, or really most trade shows, they think of the exhibit hall as a very physical thing. They're walking around these exhibits, they're shaking hands, they're seeing these demonstration, these products and technologies that they feel out. Just to be very blunt, for anyone who hasn't been to one before, what's a virtual exhibit hall like? 
just if you could give us a sense of what the feel will be, both from an exhibitor standpoint and also those that are sort of walking around the hall or what would normally be walking around the hall, I should say. So the best way, the best through talking with uh, customers that have questions, the best uh, analogy or simile that I've given to the, uh, the exhibit hall is if it was like your LinkedIn page or your Facebook page or something like that. It's uh, when uh, attendees um, and exhibitors sign into the platform, it will pull up the virtual exhibit hall and it will be listed each company's name or logo, whether they load in there, is going to show up on a tile. And you'll be able to search based on the company descriptions or by industries and be able to filter through the tiles and then click on it and it'll open up that exhibitor's page within the platform, not opening up a new window. You're always going to stay within that platform. And then from there, they will be able to do the same things that they would, were doing um, in an in-person event. They can chat one-on-one. -on -one. They can do video calls uh, with customers, schedule meetings just like they would do in person, as well as showcase their products and services through building additional tiles within their exhibitor page that'll show that. They can show off uh, product promotions. They can even do uh, videos to where maybe they pre-recorded a demonstration the same thing they would be showing in person, they can show that video as well. Um, so it's really given, um, we're trying to give the same features that they would have as an in-person event. For the attendee experience, that is the same. Um, they'll, they'll go through with the searching out the attendees they're looking for. They're also going to get through the AI matchmaking. New, new exhibitors that they might have not have visited previous years, they'll be able to um, visit people this year. Um, and those pages also list meeting times, so they can come through, book a meeting with that exhibitor based on what's convenient for them, and the exhibitor will respond and confirm their time. So it's, um, I really feel like this is going to be a great user experience for both the attendees and the exhibitors. Leslie, I'll pose that same question for you, just because I know you're managing the attendee side of things. What's the feel like for them when they're going to be taking in these sessions and doing what they normally do, but in the virtual space, what's this going to feel like for them? You know, um, jumping on like what David had said, the experience will be in the platform. And that's the great thing about it is that it's not, mm -hmm. if they click on a session, it's not going to take them to another web page. Like they can stay mm -hmm. all within the platform. They can either view it on their laptop or even there's a, a mobile app that's like the exact same experience. They can listen um, to presentations on their phone if they'd like. Um, you know, one of the things that we're encouraging attendees to do is when they first log in is to update their profile. Um, you know, fill out what industry their company is in, what is their job mm -hmm. function. That's going to help the AI matchmaking in terms of helping them connect with other, like with their peers, with the exhibitors, as well as make suggestions for the, um, the sessions to attend. Uh, you know, attendees can go in and they can bookmark sessions, they can bookmark exhibitors, and the more that they start doing that, the AI technology of the platform gets smarter and starts suggesting more that they may not have thought of or known to check out. Um, so they'll be able to, um, you know, maximize their experience, whether it's attending the full, the technical program or attending a standards committee meeting, um, watch it. we've got award ceremonies that they can also check out, um, as well as, you know, there's a bookstore, we've got a link to the bookstore uh, to the AMP bookstore, and, mm. um, you know, much like in person where we have that physical bookstore there, we're still giving them that experience within the platform. And, 
we'll have the product showcase and the exhibit. I mean, we've got a lot for them to yeah. check out. Um, that's not just technical programming, but it's also um, products and services that are um, that are supporting companies are providing. So beyond that time period from April 19th to April 30th, one of the big things with any virtual show, and I suppose one of the advantages of it relative to an in-person event is that it's inherently translatable to an on-demand format that can be accessed later. What's the plan for that after the event concludes? Absolutely. So the event will be available until October 31st. There are a few sessions that are only available for a limited time. That's the research in progress and RTS sessions. Sure. Those will be available at the end of the event, so until May 30, May 1st, sorry. Um, and there's some ASM international short courses that will be available at the until the end of May. Everything else is going to be available until that um, till end of October. Um, attendees can access, still go into their profile, replay those sessions, still make connections with exhibitors and other attendees. Um, additionally, if somebody realizes after the fact that they want to upgrade their registration or even purchase, we're still keeping registration open for the event until October. Mm -hmm. So if somebody decides afterwards that they want to view those, um, you know, those the symposia or any mm -hmm. of the forums, they can still purchase a registration to access the event afterwards and view on demand. We're wrapping up here with Leslie Martinez and David Briley. I think a good place to leave off for anyone listening that has further questions, what's the best way either from an attendee perspective or the perspective of an exhibitor that they can get more information or potentially reach out to you guys? We welcome and love questions. Um, I first, I recommend head over to NACE Corrosion dot org to visit the uh, corrosion 2021 virtual website there you can find information about the show exhibitors sponsors advertising um, your agenda um, under the exhibits under the exhibitor tab at the top of the um, at the top of the web page you will you can click on that tab uh, down at the bottom it will list uh, my contact my contact info sorry along with my um, co-workers in the exhibits and sponsorships department and if you have any questions regarding the conference side of it um, as far as the the schedule show schedule anything like that please click on the about tab and at the bottom of that when you can find the uh, conference contacts and any one of us uh, listed there is more than happy to answer questions and help you out Sounds good. Folks, this is where we will wrap things today. As always, thanks for tuning in. And if you want more resources, the best way to get it is online. David mentioned the conference website at nacecorrosion.org. You can also go to the association website, amp.org. That's amp.org. And of course, you can check out our publication websites at materialsperformance.com and codingspromag.com. Before we sign off, I'll throw in a quick plug for the Materials Performance Corrosion Innovation of the Year Awards and the Coatings Pro Contractor Awards. Both of those ceremonies will be going on between April 19th and April 30th at Corrosion. So that's one of the benefits that if you're a virtual attendee or exhibitor that you'll be able to take in. We have those to look forward to in April. We're actually working very hard on those ceremonies right now. So you should have that to look forward to if you attend the conference. And again, nacecorrosion.org is the best way to learn more about how you can do that if you're not registered already. For David and Leslie, I'm Ben DuBose. Thanks as always for listening and please come back soon for another new episode here in our AMP interview series.